It takes more than converting your work from home setup into a Peloton desk to be a great software engineer. This is episode 251 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development. I wonder, there's got to be a thriving marketplace for like Peloton leaderboard hacks, right? Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you know what a Peloton is? I should probably explain I should probably make the joke even funnier by explaining it in exhaustive detail. <laughs> yeah, how can I laugh if I don't know how you know why it's funny? There what okay, imagine an exercise bike, but now you have to pay for it every month. It's a Peloton. It's got a subscription to this cloud service that lets you pretend like you're on rides with other people, basically. That's right. Well, yeah. Fancy stats, etc. And and can I can I just ask you to pronounce that word one more time? Peloton? Peloton? Pelican? <laughs> Just go ahead and say it the way you said it the first time. I like that the best. Pel- Peloton. <laughs> Rhymes with pelican? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, now I need to look up how, how you pronounce it. I don't know. <laughs> I was just doing the normal thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the joke all along. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the joke is you just incepted this idea into my head that that's yes. not how it's pronounced. <laughs> you got me. Do you want to thank our patrons, Dave? Oh, I do. Thank you so much to those that are contributing on Patreon that earn them a one-time shout-out. There is one new one-time shout-out this month whose name is Bananas. Thank you, Bananas. And our weekly shout-outs are, first of all, question mark, which I think I think may have been, I don't know if that's how you wanted us to pronounce it, but we're going to save question mark until we hear from you. So thank you to question mark, Jonathan King, testingisdocumenting.org, Adrian Boarding, Roman Denisov, Fizzbuzz Influencer, Oladapo Fadiyi, Kajarn Sveinson, Ragnar Hardison, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Dennis Bogan of Braden Keynes, Stephen Armand Lee, John Grant, Taras Haruk, Chris Hogan, The Agile Ventures Charity, Nick Cantar, and Philip John Basile. If you would like to join this illustrious crew and or join our Slack community, Go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon where you can give any dollar amount and we will send you an invite right on over to our Slack community where you can chat with the several hundred people who have joined, have a great time, good laughs, good insights, and I think Jameson has indicated that they also smell really fresh. Yep. It's a new enterprise Slack feature where you can (laughs) send direct smells instead of just (laughs) direct messages. Uh. It can be used for great evil, though. <laughs> <laughs> so the question mark person, isn't that pronounced text encoding error? That's always what I feel like yeah. <laughs> it should be. All right. I'm going to read our first question. Well, oh. b- before you do that, I need to riff on question mark because I heard one developer who would occasionally refer to the question mark by a name that I think we should all use, and it is Hook. Whoa. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Were they were they a native English speaker? Yes. And huh. they, they use it in the context of a URL. So it's like, you know, slash foo slash what? bar hook foo equals bar. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. It's revolutionary. I I have a five-year-old daughter and it's not too late to convince her this is what everyone calls it. Oh, that's beautiful. The time-honored tradition of parents lying to their children. So that... <laughs> to make the world what the parents want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a daughter who referred to apostrophes as sky commas, and I really wish that would catch on too. Sky commas. Oh, that's so pure. My daughter calls pancakes pam pancakes, and hurricanes hurricanes. <laughs> and like she's old enough to know better now, but we 
you encouraged it. We don't it. want to correct her because yeah. it's, oh, it's so good. We, yeah. we do that too. We're like, no, you just keep saying it wrong, please. One of our favorites is instead of hand sanitizer, it's Hanitizer. Hanitizer. Which I think is great. <laughs> horn shoe instead of shoehorn. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a great one. All right. I'm going to read our first question. Okay, do it. This is from a listener named Alex. I'm not a developer and have never worked with developers. I have four years of systems, IT experience, Ansible, Bash, Python, Windows, etc. I got hired in a DevOps role at a company with many developers. How can I make sure I'll have meaningful discussions and a good learning experience with software developers in my upcoming DevOps role? Will they notice that I don't know what an enterprise communication bus is if I don't ask, but instead just scribble something in my notebook? <laughs> great, great deflection technique. Just making notes about what you said. It's not that I have no idea what you said. How wrong it is. <laughs> and later I'll tell you what the notes say. My immediate reaction to this is to find esoteric corners of software development that nobody understands and just start rattling off buzzwords from that. And, and may I suggest that functional programming is a good place to look. Those people aren't programmers or developers either. They're mathematicians. Perfect. So it's fine. Fine that you're not a developer. What about, I feel like... Mumps, we've used that before as our go-to, like old-timey tech stack. Mumps, you say? Yeah, isn't that a an old database? Oh, you have brought that up before. Mumps system. I'm going to end up at some anti-vax website now. <laughs> Your YouTube feed will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the system tells you. They tell you Mumps is real. <laughs> That's what the system wants you to think. Huh. I don't have good jokes about this. I just have real answers, <laughs> which aren't funny. I don't know. My jokes are all gone. Wait. They've ran out. I thought we only had jokes or only had real answers. I don't know which, though. Yeah, maybe I'll just be silent to <laughs> not reveal the truth about what I'm about to say. Not reveal if it's a joke or a real answer. Mm -hmm. It's fine not to know what an enterprise communication bus is, and it's fine to ask. I think... Maybe it sounds like they have a little bit of concern because they're moving into this land of these experienced mystical creatures called developers who yeah. have these unknowable skill sets. Right. <laughs> and guess what? That's what they think about you when you talk about Bash and Active Directory and like yeah. <laughs> all the stuff you do. And I, I, yeah, we can think, think of a hundred things. PowerShell. <laughs> yeah. PowerPoint as a programming environment. <laughs> You know how they, uh, if you talk to old Unix people, they always have some gnarly story about how they accidentally deleted most of the file system and had to recover everything with like half of a working cat program or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. You need one of those, but all you have on a Windows machine is like PowerPoint and somehow you like <laughs> rebuild your registry by putting slides <laughs> in the right order or something. <laughs> Uh, but you're onto something here, though, because IT folks have a lot of stuff. I mean, all you got to do is start talking about firewall rules, and most software engineers are just going to glaze over. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking to the people who, whenever they run into a permissions problem, type chmod 777-r <laughs> sudo if it didn't work the first time. Right. Like, what if we didn't have permissions? That's how I'll solve this problem. <laughs> what if they went away? <laughs> this is so true. Oh, my gosh. Imagine a world like the early internet where there was no authentication because we just trusted everybody. Yeah. Let's go back to that right now. And then you hit enter. <laughs> yeah, and suddenly it's like a time machine. Yep. <laughs> you and everyone who 
you know and everyone who they know suddenly have all the access that you want. It's fine. It's just a web of trust. Yes. <laughs> it's a web of complete trust. <laughs> a web of complete trust. It, it's like more. It's, it's more like a trust fall. That describes my COVID strategy too. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> just assume nobody has it. That's right. Jump on down that water slide. <laughs> oh man, you don't think too highly of software engineers, is what I'm getting at, and. I am one, so no. I, <laughs> I know our deep secrets. Uh, the deep, the deep secrets are we don't know nearly as much as you think we know. So don't worry. Yeah, about the it. deep magic yeah. is is pretending like we know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I always feel this at a new job, no matter what industry it's in, where I feel like I need to establish that I know stuff and I'm credible, and I'm also very worried about trying to learn the specific domain and not. There's nothing that destroys credibility faster than pretending like you know stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm always trying to find that balance when I first start of like, how do I prove I do know stuff, but also be clear on what I don't know so I learn it and they don't think I'm just trying to fake it. And yeah. So I don't know that this is unique to, maybe it's maybe it's worse in your case because you're moving to more of a different field than you have been in the past, but this is fairly common, I think. Yeah, it is. And it's. I think it's exacerbated by the fact that many developers have a superiority complex where they think that IT folks or systems people or ops people are second-class citizens. And I've, yeah. I've seen that. And so this is a headwind. And I'm sure that's, I mean, I don't know if you've verbalized that, but I'm sure that that's part of what prompted this question. Mm, like they're either feeling it or worried that they will feel this superiority thing. Yeah, exactly. Just ask them about how their debugging session is going. What do you mean? <laughs> or ask them how, how their sprint is. Like, how's your sprint? And yeah. then yeah. just walk away cackling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't make sure I'll have meaningful discussions and good learning experience. Yeah, I think it's, you can be smart and not know stuff at the same time. Yeah. So I think that's your goal. Prove that you are smart and also that you don't know stuff and and learn stuff. And then you'll have meaningful discussions. So asking good questions is a really handy way of doing that. And, and I will say there are a few things you can do to make this situation worse, which is asking the same question over and over because you didn't pay enough attention or didn't ask follow-up clarifying questions when you didn't understand. I think most people expect someone in your situation to have lots of questions, but it can get kind of tiresome to have to answer the same question again and again. So be be really deliberate in tracking those answers. And if you don't understand something in the answer, be really clear about that too. You know, I think one of the worst things you can do is just pretend to understand, but then not. That's going to come back to bite you. Yeah, I've I felt like I've used up my question budget before, and the answer is total gibberish. But I I, I just like smile and nod, like oh, got it, and then yeah, go away and <laughs> hope someone else answers my question. Yeah, but yeah. that doesn't work well often. It's great in the short term. It gets you right out of that awkward situation. Yeah, <laughs> it does. But it's like awkwardness debt that you just accrued. You're going to have to pay it back with interest. Yeah. I think it's also okay to say, you know, thank you for that answer. I didn't follow everything there, so I'm probably going to have to ask follow-up questions later, like if you run out of time, you know, because sometimes you just get a feeling like, okay, I've asked four questions. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to keep going. Um, this person yeah. is busy. So just say like, hey, really appreciate all your answers. I'm going to need some more clarification on some of these points, but can, can we talk about them later? I'll I'll do the research I can, and then maybe tomorrow I'll come back with a few more better informed questions after I've gotten my foundation built a little better. Yeah, I like that. I guess it's a game of expectations management, you know? Like, you're allowed to ask more questions, but only if you tell someone you're going to ask more questions. 
<laughs> yeah. And respecting, we've talked about asking good questions before. Respecting people's time is super important. I'm glad you said that. Have we answered the question? I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I've got some info here, but maybe I'll tell you tomorrow. Okay. I'm trying to think of a joke about me just understanding that there's a thing called tomorrow that I've never heard of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. I, th- I think we can call this one answered. I just smile and nod. Yeah, t- tomorrow. That's my favorite yeah. flavor. <laughs> that's my See favorite. you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one. All right. Do you want to ask? No, not ask. Bad, Jameson. Do you want to read our next question? <laughs> yes, I'll read it. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, I just watched How to Crash an Airplane by Nicholas Means. It is about how the flight crew of an airplane crashed in 1989 yet saved 189 lives. The learning is that there are no heroes and teams can succeed only with inputs from all members in the team. All opinions need to be heard. And he also emphasizes that the captain used we in all his speeches. When it comes to interviews, the expectation is to talk about your personal experience. Sorry, let me reemphasize that. When it comes to interviews, the expectation is to talk about your personal experience. Using we during interviews would look like negative, right? Especially in leadership interviews. This is difficult since leaders are successful only with their team. Can you give us some strategies to balance this the best? Hmm. So you've never been on a team. Yeah. (laughs) Everything you've ever done has been by yourself. I just pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. (laughs) Didn't have any. I just kept pulling. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty soon I was the vice president. (laughs) Of bootstrap pulling. Myself. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> so I'm guilty of this, especially in uh, management or leadership interviews, because I think I naturally dislike taking the credit for accomplishments of the team. And I view part of a manager's output as what the team gets done. So to me saying we did this is, is sort of saying like implicitly, and I helped support it. And But in an interview, you do want to know exactly what that means. Like, well, does that mean you just scheduled meetings or did you like help them solve problems or and and the we can obscure that for sure pretend like it's the royal we how about that <laughs> whenever i say we just imagine i'm saying i yeah but with a robe on <laughs> <laughs> a crown <laughs> hmm. have you felt yourself do this in an interview before dave well or have you seen it in someone else? Maybe oh, that's a better question. Constantly. And so I, I've seen this so much that I've kind of, when I interview, I've trained it out of myself because I want to tell, well, here's how I justify it. Because it does feel bad to say, I did this, I did that, I did this. You know, it feels like just bragging. But I've trained it out of myself because I've convinced myself that in order for people to get a clear picture of the situation you're describing, you need to be precise about who did what in the situation. And when, when everything is we, I can't separate what you yourself actually did from what someone else did. And so I'm, I'm, you're painting a fuzzy picture. So people do this all the time when I am interviewing them. And I will often stop them and say, I'm hearing you say the word we a lot. I understand why you're doing that. And I appreciate that. But I need to get a clear picture of what you did. And, and people, people pivot pretty well when I do that and they'll say, well, I, you know, I did this and then the team responded by building this. So just interview with Dave. Yeah, I'll, I'll beat it right out of you. That's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> Using we during interviews would look negative, right? Especially in leadership. So that that's true. And, and it's not so much, the word negative is maybe overstated there, but 
it it paints like I said a fuzzy picture and I got to tell you like I think as human beings we don't appreciate how ambiguous we are when we talk. Sometimes we will speak and the idea is just perfectly crisp in our minds, but what ends up getting transmitted is so lossy that when it comes around to the other side, you just have n- it can be completely the opposite of what you intended to say. Like how I mean to say I, but I say we all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to think, can you give us some strategies to balance this best? Yeah. Pretend like Dave is there if Dave is not there. And, and what exactly did you do? I think having a clear theory about your role is probably going to be helpful for this because your team presumably has some broader accomplishment, but if you have an understanding of what, while you're doing it, not just after the fact of what specifically your job is to make that happen, then it's easier to talk about that specific part in context of the whole accomplishment. Mm, Yes. If you don't know what you're doing to help, and then someone asks you, what did you do to help a year later? Then you might not be able to answer. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I went to meetings and sent emails. I did that a lot. Yeah. We hit enter on the keyboard (laughs) to send the email. I placed my finger next to the other person's finger on the enter key, and we simultaneously (laughs) depressed the key. We only do mob programming and mob meeting attendance and mob email writing. And mob executive decision-making on budgets. Yep. Mob (laughs) conflict resolution. (laughs) That sounds kind of violent. (laughs) I think that means tar and feathers. (laughs) I'll give an example of this. So, you know, as a leader, like let's say your team accomplished something really great. It's sometimes hard to detach yourself and as the leader of that team, to, t- to detach yourself and say, what was it that I actually contributed here? And sometimes the answer is, you created an environment where the team could be successful. And sometimes that takes the form of shielding them from distractions. Sometimes it takes the form of approving requests that they ask from you. And sometimes it takes the form of just creating a culture where they can thrive. And if you can state the specific things that you've done, it really helps. You know, you can say things like, I clearly communicated to the team that everyone's voice was welcome. As a result, I saw that 80% of our team members participated in our design discussions as opposed to only half of them prior to my comments, you know? And and these things are hard Mm -hmm. to track, right? Like, it's not like you can say, I wrote this code that built this feature. You know, it's a little bit more difficult. But the more you keep track of that, the better you'll be actually as a leader anyway. So you can understand what the contributions, or sorry, what the impact of your contributions are. It's like you're a gardener, just tilling the soil helping these little plants grow. You don't make them grow. The plant in this case is an enterprise service bus. (laughs) (laughs) I just work the soil, make sure it has water, and the enterprise complexity just grows and grows. I tend the bits. (laughs) Yes. Chaos monkey is sort of the equivalent of aerating. Poke a bunch of holes and stuff (laughs) so it grows. Cutting off limbs. Yeah, pruning. Yeah, that's probably chaos monkey. Well, I, I don't know. You turn stuff back on after Chaos Monkey. Yeah, <laughs> put the this limbs back on. metaphor has <laughs> strained it. It's no longer useful. I don't know. I think my other answer to this is it's Friday afternoon. Okay. I don't know. I'm out of <laughs> brains. <laughs> uh, is that because we had a hard week, Jameson? You sound like a kindergarten teacher now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did we have a hard week, Jameson? Yeah. Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> I don't know. I... I I'll be a good audience. Say something, Dave. (laughs) We made a podcast, Jameson. (laughs) 
incredible. <laughs> Did you hear that? We made a podcast. <sighs> yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you weren't joking. You were at the nope. bottom of your will. <laughs> I am. Well, I think the key insight here is that you're right. Using we in interviews is, it does create ambiguity. And ambiguity can work against you in an interview. So can specificity if you haven't done very many important things. <laughs> so, I don't know. Now, I did exactly nothing on this project. <laughs> but boy, was it successful. Yeah. That's a good point about ambiguity working against you. I wonder if that's a... That seems like a case where bias could creep in as well. Yeah. Maybe if someone has unconscious bias, then vagueness would lead them to assume, oh, they, they clearly didn't contribute enough where... In another person, they might assume, well, that obviously they contributed. Look at look at what color their skin is. You can tell. So you can weaponize ambiguity by coming in like with all the right confidence. You know, just put kick your feet up on the desk. You know, you're like, no problem. Crack open your energy drink and then mm-hmm. just use we all over the place. <laughs> the more hoodies you wear, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the better the assumptions will be about you. Just stack them on. What about, do you think this changes for an individual contributor? I know this question is about a leadership role, but what about, I don't know, just a senior developer or staff or team lead or something? No, I, th- I think it's the same problem because I I have interviewed so many individual contributors who say things like, we built this, we built that. And I'm like, I, I really, it always leaves me with the question, did this individual contribute meaningfully to that project or were they kind of just riding on the momentum of other people who were really carrying the team? And when they say we, I don't know. I don't know. And by the way, when when I don't know in an interview, the answer has to be no. Like, I, I'm not going to hire you if I think you might. <laughs> they said we, but they probably meant I. Yeah, they, they probably carried. I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Strong yes. Strong yes. Uh, they really did a lot. That's the plural they in this case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they mean referring to the, their entire team of 50 people that they... We're probably on. Anyway, yep. the uh, yeah, like I, the absence of data points in an interview, of concrete data points, to me, it's as if I haven't interviewed you at all, and I'm not going to hire someone who I haven't even talked to. So that that's what it feels like to me. Hmm. I dig it. We dig it. We dug it. We <laughs> do. We think we have answered this question <laughs> successfully. Uh, well, I do. We do. Sorry. <laughs> So I'm just picturing you with a robe and a scepter right now. <laughs> we do. That reminds me of the comment somebody made in Slack this week about you should get a staff gifted to you if you b- get promoted to staff engineer, like a wizard staff. <laughs> that's what staff means. Yeah. Oh, oh that's brilliant. It means you have an object of great power. Cool. <laughs> I love that. That implies that, uh, I mean, is there like a, a king or queen engineer? Yeah. A royalty engineer? I know there's a jack. <laughs> a jack engineer. <laughs> All right. All right. I think we're I think we did it. Yeah, it's over. Let's wrap this one. We answered the question, what can people do if they want their own questions answered? Go to softskills.audio and click on the ask a question button and we just want to say thank you to everyone who has asked questions. You are the lifeblood of the show. And if you want to support the show, click the same go to the same website and click support us on Patreon. And we love you. We do. All right. Catch you next week. <laughs>